From Jerusalem, Israel, this is From the Midwest to the Middle East, the podcast that explores everything new in U.S. and Israeli economy. Here's your host, Philip Stein. I'm really pleased to be having this podcast today. First of all, this episode is brought to you by Philip Stein and Associates, the largest U.S. CPA firm in Israel. Providing U.S. tax services to Israelis, Americans, corporations, startups, and anyone else needing them. Really pleased to have a, a special guest today, a guest uh, not on here in Israel or in the U- U.S., but actually a guest who we're speaking to him in the U.K. Our guest today is Paul Berwin. Paul is a technology and commercial lawyer based in Leeds in the northern part of England and runs the technology side of his practice. His practice looks after businesses from big American corporates to local startups, which deals with their contracts, intellectual property issues, data protection, and commercial issues through to acquisitions, mergers, sales, and investment rounds. Recently, Paul's been working internationally, has developed tech industry contacts in Israel, and during these past years has developed strong links in Estonia, of which he has become an e-resident. And when not doing all of that, he runs, cycles, manages his synagogue, and gets managed by his family. Welcome, Paul. Hi. Hi. Welcome. Good to have you. Thank you. I think we've had other guests from the UK, but it's been a while, so uh, we're happy to reconnect it in that way. Um, Paul, you've been working in digital high tech for many years. What brought you into this area of legal practice? It was just one of those odd circumstances. I I used to do all sorts of things, property and so on. Um, I had a client who I did some employment advice for, I think. and they just came to me one day and said, okay, we've set up this company. Uh, we'd like to, we need an escrow agreement, which is a software escrow agreement. I had no idea at the time what that meant. And I said, well, I can find someone who knows. And they said, well, we'd, we'd like you, so we want you to find out. So I said, okay, I'll find out. So I found that out. And then I found out a bit more. And then I found that uh, I then knew more than the other people that I was dealing with in a very short space of time. So this seemed like a fertile and really interesting area to get involved in. So that was in the mid-1990s. So been involved in this for about 20 years, and it's grown and developed and become more interesting and kind of a place to be as well. Most definitely, certainly here in Israel. We hear a lot about Silicon Valley, and of course yeah. here in Israel, a startup nation. How does the UK, and, and specifically where I'm talking to you in Leeds, fit into the what I'd call the high-tech world? Yeah, the, the UK has, has always been pretty advanced on, on, on that. It's, uh, it's, quite, it's quite a big economy itself. Um, it's where a lot of technological innovation that we're very familiar with comes from. So the, the first computers, the Turing computers, uh, were developed in, uh, in England. Um, the, uh, the World Wide Web was, of course, the brainchild of Tim Berners-Lee in the UK. Not Al Gore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's, that was something else. He's, he's, he's the, the guru of uh, climate change, I think. Um, okay. he, he also claimed, I think, once to invent the Internet when he was running. <laughs> but, uh, okay. Oh, well. Glad you're setting, setting uh, yeah. my listeners straight. I think the okay. internet was a, it was a U.S. military uh, innovation, actually. But the World Wide Web was, was Tim Berners-Lee. And everybody, when they think of the U.K., they just think of, uh, they think of, of London. Um, but uh, there are some 
some powerful cities, particularly cities in the north of England, um, like Leeds and Manchester and Liverpool, um, all big cities. Um, and Leeds has a very strong digital culture, very, very strong in data analytics, um, a lot of digital agencies, a lot of, it's pretty much the center in the UK of uh, digital healthcare. Um, so the National Health Service uh, digital uh, setup is all in Leeds as well. So it's, it's a big and dynamic and growing area with um, quite a lot of investment, quite a lot of, uh, of support infrastructure there as well. So it's, uh, it's, and it's also, you could have a startup in, in Leeds, which burns cash at about a third of the rate that it would if it was in, in London. So it's that's pretty, a pretty attractive place to be. Yeah, which I assume holds similar to Silicon Valley. And, uh, you know, Israel certainly has also become more expensive to, to do business. Um, yeah. Uh, than maybe ten years ago. Uh, well, that, that that's fascinating. What experiences do you have have you had in Israel with high tech companies, uh, and and how can you help them enter the UK market? We've had meetings with a number of a number of Israeli companies. We're particularly we focused on helping companies from well from different places, not just from Israel, but from different places in in becoming established in the UK. Um, so getting involved, understanding how UK law works, how the UK infrastructure works, what it takes to set up a company, um, uh, helping with the employment law issues and so on. Because the, the UK, the jurisdiction in the UK is, is, has a very strong international resonance. It's very strongly accepted internationally. Um, it means that a contracts under UK law will, will generally uh, be be acceptable um, from a commercial point of view. The 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 UK courts are uh, considered to be very strong and very um, very tech centred as well. Um, so it's it's a good environment for companies to be at. And um, because we've got this outward looking view, um, we're able to to help companies with that. So we've got quite a few contacts with companies in Israel. Uh, we we're helping one at the moment who are who are in fact being establishing uh, an operation in Leeds um, so we've we've got that kind of infrastructure to be able to do that so in terms of uh, just a follow-up question to this question mm. uh, when there's a potential like you mentioned joint venture um, in this case is the engineering team in Leeds and uh, management in Israel or or how does that work yeah, in this in this particular case, so the 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 entrepreneurs, if you like, are are based in are based in Israel. Uh, one of them, though, spends some of his time in in Leeds. We've been able to put him in touch with a potential a, a tech hub, um, a working space to uh, establish themselves there. They've got a product which is um, which actually works. It's a language-based product which works better in English than in Ivrit. It so happens. Um, so uh, they are looking at at having engineers based in the UK. So we've also been able to help them get advice on on immigration, on working visas, and so on, so that they can move their engineering team to the UK. Does Leeds or, or 
Well, I guess leads specifically have any type of incentives to help high tech companies set up, or yes, there's there's, there's quite a, quite a lot. There's sort of um, sort of quasi governmental um, organisations. There's they're called the local enterprise partnership. Um, so, and I work quite closely with them. So, so for instance, this company that I'm talking about, and and also I'm doing the same with an Estonian company at the moment. So I'm working with them on the legal side. I'm liaising with the local enterprise partnership, which is helping looking at sources of funding, um, at accommodation, sources of uh, business support advice, and so on. So there are some some really good infrastructures around. Possibly, uh, it might be something you'll uh, you'll ask about later, but I have a, almost a feeling that with... Um, with the UK exiting the European Union, they're having to work harder and think harder about how they can uh, can ensure that business isn't adversely affected. Well, that's actually an excellent uh, follow-up to my next question, which mm. is how will your UK or slash EU clients be affected by Brexit? It is difficult to know at the moment. I think on the technology side, it will be probably not that much, actually. There are lots of other areas which will be affected quite heavily, things like potentially healthcare and food production and so on. But I, I tend to think on the technology side, the, the, the borders are, are pretty, um, pretty transparent. Um, they're, they're not, not great and things and people can move across borders very easily. Um, so I, I, I think that this particular sector, sector will be affected probably least I'm reasonably optimistic on that side, at least. I'm not that optimistic on the rest of it, um, but on that side, I think that uh, I think we'll be able to proceed. I take from what we were talking a few moments ago that there's enough local talent that you don't there there won't be issues of you having to import uh, engineers from the continent or or vice versa. Because uh, I know that's one of the issues about working visas and things like that. Yeah, I think I think so. I, I mean, there are some, uh, there are the, the the very famous universities in in the UK. But just in Leeds, just in Leeds itself, there are three universities who are turning out thirty thousand plus graduates a year, um, and a lot of those are in computer sciences and related areas um, because there are there are so many jobs. Uh, and there are jobs to fill, and they're they're good jobs, good quality jobs. Um, so that talent pool is, I think, working well. There's some good big companies who are working in the area, and they're they're training people, and then people will train from there, and then come out of there and set up their own businesses as well. So there's quite a good generation of talent coming, without requiring people to to come to, to work in the area. Out of curiosity and for my listeners, mm. if, if we were to go in a time tunnel and go to Leeds 30, 40 years ago, what, what, what was going on in the, that city then? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. Leeds was, Leeds was famous um, as a clothing economy. Clothing and engineering were the main things. Um, my, my, family, uh, my family is a clothing family, and there will have been loads and loads of uh, typically, typically Jewish clothing manufacturers in Leeds. Um, 
very few left. In fact, the only almost the only one left is still my family's company. Mm. Uh, but even they, even they, their manufacturing is done elsewhere now. And a lot of a lot of engineering businesses. Um, and again, there's still quite a lot of engineering, um, but but that's declined. So it was very much a an industrial, an old industrial city, very dark. All its buildings were dark from all the soot and everything. Um, but uh, but it's it's now a much cleaner city much very much a technology based city a lot of culture a lot of arts a lot of education going on there uh, so it has has changed and transformed itself it's quite a dynamic interesting and and really attractive place and, and i don't think it's on most israelis uh, you know summer vacation list but um, maybe yeah. it'll uh, promote some tourism now uh, based on well, this it podcast be. yeah it sounds that way whenever people come from israel they uh, they can't believe how green it is around around the area. We've got beautiful hills and uh, hills and greenery and wonderful cycling country and a lot of walking and running. Sounds great. Yep. Um, let's move to the continent. Uh, mm. I know you were recently in Estonia, and as I mentioned in the intro, you have strong links there. Uh, I've also had some contact. Can you share some of your impressions from this very small but technically advanced country? Yes, it's it's absolutely it's it's a fascinating country. It's a tiny country, population of 1.3 million, um, and the technology scene there is absolutely buzzing. Uh, it was the it was the country where Skype was developed, um, and Skype was then sold to Microsoft, and a lot of the the money from that has been ploughed back into into startups and all sorts of all sorts of technology businesses. Uh, they've they've developed this concept as well of of e-residency, uh, so you can be and I am um, an e-resident of Estonia. It doesn't mean you're a citizen, but it gives you rights to, to uh, currently anyway, you rights to establish a business, set up and run a company from there um, without actually being there. So they 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 have this concept of being a, a digital nation without borders. Which is sounds very idealistic, uh, but it's something that that they are trying, and, and perhaps because they're that small, they can they can try and experiment with, um, and it's attracting entrepreneurs from from all over the place. So I think I, I mentioned early on that we're working with an Estonian company to establish a presence uh, in in Leeds, but actually the Estonian company that we're working from um, is made up of Indian entrepreneurs who've come, I think, from Bangalore. <laughs> so they've moved from there to Estonia, and then they're looking to work in Leeds. So it's a, it's a, it's an international, a tiny international hub on the borders of Russia. Uh, it's a fascinating place to be. Yeah, I know from my work, uh, I, I came to aware because they have some very uh, attractive tax laws, uh, mm. which are an, an additional incentive um, you yeah. know, for people to set up there. And uh, again, can you fly from Leeds to uh, Estonia? Yes, um, the, not from. There aren't direct flight flights from Leeds. Actually, there are direct flights from, to to Riga uh, in Latvia, which is the next door country. Um, and generally speaking, from Leeds, I would fly via Amsterdam. But it's it's easy to do. It's it's not difficult at all. Uh, it's the same time zone as Israel. 
Um, so it's it's not a difficult not difficult. And I and I know I know it's English is uh, is a language that everyone speaks there, from what I understand. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, absolutely universal. I was at a technology festival called uh, Latitude 59 when I was there, and the whole thing, including the opening address from the president of Estonia, everything was conducted in English. It was uh, there were absolutely no barriers to doing business there. Interesting. Uh, we hear a lot about cyber. Is this an area that you're also working in? I know in Israel, uh, I had a colleague who went to a conference recently, a few months ago, I think it was in Hungary or, or the Czech Republic, mm -hmm. and most of the booths were, were Israeli booths um, and speakers. But what, what are you, uh, what's your experience with that? Um, so uh, when I was in, in Israel a few weeks ago, I was, I was at the Cyber Week based at uh, Tel Aviv University, um, so we're working a great deal in that and in the sort of linked area of data protection, really, because um, because a lot of cyber is is attacks attacks on data and to obtain data or to encrypt data or to corrupt data. Um, so we're doing a lot of work, particularly around data protection at the moment, and part of our of the work that we're doing is also looking both for ourselves and for, for clients um, at, at what we can do to help people with, with their protection in the area of cyber and area of, of data. So it's, it's become enormous uh, for us. Uh, a, lot of co a lot of companies in the UK working in that, a lot of companies in Estonia working in it, and of course a lot of companies in Israel working in it. Um, Oh, we 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 are all very vulnerable. Um, interestingly, just mentioning Estonia again because they they have a hostile neighbour uh, who is always hacking, trying to hack into them. Um, so they pretty much have similar incentives to Israel to uh, to ensure that they're on top of the game, and 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 so they are, I think. Yes, they're they're hostile neighbour. Uh... Yes, is uh, it's quite a big neighbor and, quite a big one. Yeah. Uh, who, who who once uh, sat in their space. So I am sure they want they want to protect their interests, and I'm sure uh, you know all this technology is something uh, that uh, Russia isn't really known for. But uh, yeah, we 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 wish them well in protecting that. Okay, my last question is just uh, not not specifically to to Leeds or Estonia or. But just what what you're seeing as a practitioner in the high tech area, what what new trends you're you're seeing or have seen recently? Yeah, it's certainly it's certainly the case that that, that you do get trends in that area, and and suddenly there are areas that people are talking about. Um, data protection, I mentioned, um, hugely heightened awareness of of data and the prevalence of data and uses of it and misuses of it. Um, so around um, the EU data protection regulations, um, there's a lot of interest around that. People are, are now, from a contractual point of view, are always wanting to know what you're doing, what you say in your contract, and what you've got behind that. Um, so there's that. Um, uh, we expect to see more happening on the um, in in terms of blockchain um, in due course. So. Um, that's a technology which seems to be acquiring a certain maturity. At the moment, I haven't I haven't seen contracts relating to that, but I've done some kind of working and thinking around what would that look like, because from a legal point of view, you tend 
to to adapt existing concepts to new technologies rather than create new concepts. Um, so that could be interesting, particularly in things like healthcare. Again, in finance, uh, we've got a client who is looking at developing a blockchain-based um, funds transfer technology. So that could be interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah, we, we uh, you live, we live, uh, we see it here all the time in Israel, very high-tech is just, uh, it seems it constantly is reinventing itself, and people are, I've spoken to many people, I said at some point, aren't people going to run out of ideas, but they tell me no. Nope. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> and, and, the, and, the, and the challenge is always to, to keep keep ahead and to understand, understand what they're talking about, really, uh, and then and then to be able to to translate that into uh, contracts that work and and business models that work and so on. So it's uh, some. So what we sometimes find, I've got a, a business I'm working with at the moment where um, people with great ideas and what we're doing is we sort of we build a professional team around them uh, that can help the business turn itself into a, a saleable entity. Uh, in due course, so it's got all the right, the right governance and so on in place. Right, right. Okay, Paul. Well, I appreciate it. If people want to uh, know more about you and and your practice, how how can they find out about your firm and about you personally? Yeah, well, just just go to our website, which is www.berwin.co.uk, uh, and I'm just Paul Berwin. That's one word at berwin.co.uk. All right. Well, this this is terrific, and I know you do get to Israel periodically. So, uh, yep. hope to see you soon, and uh, perhaps some of my listeners might want to meet you as well. So, uh, I thank you for taking the time today, and uh, looking forward to hearing more about your practice and uh, your uh, adventures. Good. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for for today. Thank you very much, Paul. Thank bye bye. I hope you enjoyed our podcast. Feel free to visit us at www.pstein.com or look for Philip Stein & Associates on Facebook and LinkedIn.